When the weather outside is frightful, the Hyundai Santa Fe is, hmm, what's the word? Delightful. Because it's got available H-Track all-wheel drive to make being out together better. Enter for your chance to win the newly redesigned Santa Fe, packed with all the jingle bells and whistles you need to go dashing through the snow together. To enter, visit Amazon.com slash Hyundai or scan the QR code on specially marked red and green Amazon boxes. No purchase necessary. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. And you're on right now with Jim Dawes, your daily journal of news, politics, and culture from an American nationalist perspective. You can find us on demand on Spreaker, iTunes, TuneIn, Spotify, and Twitter, and everywhere where you listen to your podcasts. Follow us on Twitter at RightNowJimDawes or email me at RightNowJimDawes at gmail.com. If you'd like to participate in the podcast, you can call in and leave a voicemail at 772-245-0750. That's 772-245-0750. If you've got a good call, we'll use it on a future broadcast. And again, I want to welcome the listeners at Mojo 50 Radio Network and iHeartRadio family. Well, we got a lot to cover today. It's like trying to drink out of a fire hydrant. Uh, we're going to hit the the high points of all of these subjects there's really not enough time in a 60 minute show to go in depth uh, the depth that these topics really deserve on these issues but we're going to talk about the next step in the uh the russiagate hoax uh whether or not uh, donald trump is going to uh, dig deeper into this and force a reckoning uh, into the deep state and the Obama administration and the mainstream media, or whether or not he should just move on and get on with an America First agenda and just let bygones be bygones. Spoiler alert, I don't think we can move on until we've uh, established justice in this country. But we're also going to talk about the arrest of Michael Avenatti and uh, how the media beclown themselves uh, by giving this guy a nonstop platform and the Democrat Party seriously considered him as a presidential uh, candidate in 2020. And then we're going to talk about the outrage, the really uh, mind-boggling miscarriage of justice out in Chicago, where uh, the state prosecutor in Chicago has dropped all 16 charges against Jesse Smollett. And we're going to look into the background of this prosecutor and the political landscape in Chicago uh, that will explain to you exactly why this guy is being allowed to get away with the most high-profile hate crime hoax. It's a hate crime hoax, and it's a hate crime um, in in memory. But first, um, you know, I, I know with regard to uh, uh, Trump being exonerated by uh, Robert Mueller and his his band of angry Democrats that the first impulse is to celebrate. And, uh, and really uh, breathe a heavy sigh of relief that we've got all of this behind us. And that's perfectly understandable. Um, you know, we, we probably ought to take this week and, uh, and celebrate and uh, revel in the tears of our vanquished foes 
uh, in the in the mainstream media and the lunatics uh, in the House of Representatives uh, Democrat Party. But before all of this is over, we're going to have to really get to the bottom of all of this. And as I uh, have told you on this show before, the Robert Mueller special counsel appointment and investigation was never about uh, finding any collusion or conspiracy with Russia. First of all, the Russian interference in the election was small, small, small potatoes. Nothing out of the ordinary that the United States and the uh, and Russia haven't been interfering in each other's internal affairs going back a hundred years. Um, but it was a, about a cover up, and if we're really going to redeem the rule of law in this country, we've got to get to the issues that the Mueller investigation was designed to cover up. And uh, Mueller gave us a perfect roadmap um, by. Not what he investigated, but what he didn't investigate. You'll notice that Mueller never insisted on physically examining the servers at the Democrat National Committee to, to determine whether or not Russia actually hacked them. He simply took the word of the DNC, um, who have their own skeletons to hide. He never interviewed Julian Assange to determine whether or not uh, Russia had, in fact, su- supplied the the so-called hacked emails, and uh, and he never, ever, ever took any look at the circumstances surrounding the assassination of Seth Rich on that Hollywood street at 4 a.m. in the morning. So we're going to take a little walk down memory lane. Uh, I hope you'll join me with this. And this was uh, Julian Assange just before... Uh, the election, I think this uh, this was um, in October, September or October of 2016, appearing on a uh, a show over in uh, in Norway, I believe it was, uh, talking about the uh, WikiLeaks dumps and uh, the connection, the possible connection. I would say I'm thoroughly convinced of uh, Seth Rich and all of this. Donald Trump has had a disastrous few weeks. If you look at the polls, he needs a miracle. Um, in the American political lexicon, there's such a thing as the October surprise. The stuff that you're sitting on, is, is an October surprise in there? We Do you even know what you're sitting on? WikiLeaks never sits on material. Uh, our whistleblowers go to significant efforts to get us material and often very significant risks. As a 27-year-old, uh, works for the DNC, who was shot in the back, murdered uh, just two weeks ago uh, for un- unknown reasons as he was walking down the street in Washington. So that was, that was just a robbery, I believe, wasn't it? No, it's, there's no finding. So uh, what that's are you the suggesting? Sort of, what are you suggesting? I'm suggesting that our sources uh, take risks and they are. So he's saying our sources take risks uh, right in the same breath that he's uh, pointing out that did you, uh, that um, Seth Rich was murdered inexplicably on a Washington street. Uh, to this day, there has been nobody arrested or charged with that. Despite a uh, $20,000, I'm sorry, $200,000 reward, uh, nobody um, that are friends with the hood rats that uh, the uh, media would have you believe were responsible for Seth Rich's murder 
have stepped forward to claim that reward. Uh, if you believe that, then I've got a bridge to sell you. But um, the truth of the matter is the Democrats have been very successful at fencing off any discussion or in-depth investigation about the circumstances surrounding the assassination of Seth Rich. And it tells you everything you need to know that Robert Mueller uh, studiously avoided that uh, that issue while uh, simply taking the word from the Democratic National Committee that, their, that Russia had hacked their emails and turned them over to WikiLeaks. Well, we're listening to Julian Assange from WikiLeaks, and, uh, and he's said uh, repeatedly that he did not get these emails from Russia, that they were not the source. And say what you want about Julian Assange, he has done great damage to uh, to this country with his uh, his WikiLeaks of uh, of the uh, the uh, traitorous Bradley Manning's um, leaks of top secret classified information, uh, but he has never uh, revealed or denied a source, and he has never published anything that has been proven to be false. So here he is on this show telling you um, in a roundabout way without, um, without violating WikiLeaks' uh, ironclad promise not to reveal sources that some of their sources pay the ultimate price and citing Seth Rich as an example of that. For un- unknown reasons as he was walking down the street in Washington. So that was, that was just a robbery, I believe, wasn't it? No, it's, there's no finding. So, uh, what are you suggesting? Of, what are you suggesting? I'm suggesting that our sources uh, take risks, and they are they become concerned uh, to see things occurring uh, like that. But was he one uh, of your sources then? I mean, we don't comment on who our sources but are. Why but why make the suggestion about a young guy being shot in the streets of Washington? Because we have to understand uh, how high the stakes are uh, in the United States and that our sources are, you know, our sources face serious risks. Uh, that's why they come to us, so we can protect uh, their anonymity. Uh, but it's quite something and, to suggest a murder. That's basically what you're doing. Well, that others have, have suggested that. Uh, we are investigating to understand... Uh, what happened uh, in that situation with Seth Rich. I think it is uh, a concerning situation. There's not a conclusion yet. We wouldn't be willing to um, state a conclusion, but we are concerned about it. And more importantly, um, a variety of WikiLeaks sources are concerned when that kind of thing happens. Yeah, I I guess they would be. So uh, Mueller spent $40 million. He had a team of about 20 uh, prosecutors and uh, about double that number of FBI investigators, and yet he never bothered to even confirm whether or not uh, there was ample information to make the determination that Seth Rich's murder was in fact just a a botched uh, mugging, as as the the Democrat machine in Washington D.C. would have you believe. That tells you everything you need to know, ladies and gentlemen. That is a serious issue. That, uh, that should have been cleared by this investigation. And certainly the fact that Mueller just took the word for the DNC that the Russia hacked their servers 
is also um, quite astounding. The fact that he never bothered to send an agent to the Ecuadorian embassy in Washington to interrogate Julian Assange tells you that they want to stay as far away from those issues as possible. And that, I would contend, is the underlying motivation behind all of this. There was uh, the, the corruption and the treason that went on in the Hillary Clinton campaign, and the DNC at this time was a wholly owned subsidiary of the uh, Clinton campaign, is of such a scale that the deep state and the Obama White House just had to uh, cover it up. And the way they did this is by launching this two-year, going on three-year investigation of Donald Trump and his supposed collusion or conspiracy with Russia to uh, hijack the 2016 election. The truth of the matter is, other than WikiLeaks release, the interference in the election that is even being blamed on the Russians amounts to about 10000 I've heard uh, figures from ten dollars to $40,000 of uh, Facebook ads. But if you take a close look at that, uh, there was only there was less than $10,000 of those ads that were actually spent prior in the weeks prior to the election. The rest of it was actually spent after the election. About $10,000 uh, spent on these Facebook ads in the, in the weeks leading up to the election. And those even those ads were not targeted to help one candidate or, or another, but yet to sow division among the American populace. And to this day, there's really been no finding that uh, the Internet Research Agency in St. Saint Petersburg, Russia, was in fact acting on behalf of any Russian intelligence agency. I've got a clip here from Brad Parcell. He's the, uh, the data guru, the social media genius that uh, formulated Trump's 2016 election victory. And uh, here's what he has to say about the uh, Internet Research Agency's uh, interference in the election uh, running uh, running up to uh, November 2016. But the only thing that's been accusatory is what these actors did from this um, Internet Research Company or whatever. It's the only one I know about and the only one I've read about. And what I've read about is during the last couple months of the campaign, there was only a fraction of money spent well less than 100000 somewhere down under $10,000 range. There's been different accounts of how much that is. Some saying 6000 some saying 8000 But the fraction of that, of probably what was spent on Facebook was probably close to 500 to $600 million in the United States by legitimate organizations. And to try to say that that 500 or $600 million, that $6,000 somehow influenced $600 million is the biggest piece of just malarkey I've ever heard. Even though Facebook is actually a very effective targeting tool. Yeah, they can't say that, though, because it would say that's like saying a restaurant goes and puts $5,000 from some restaurant in, in Wichita, Kansas, puts $5,000, and all of the world the next day is going to know how great that restaurant is from $5,000 advertising. It just doesn't happen. It's not possible. I don't understand it. And if someone shows me the proof that somehow it influenced somebody, I haven't seen it. But I think the media wants you to believe it because they want to believe that that somehow none of this is legit, that these guys somehow faked all everybody out for $6,000. And I think it's a big joke. It is a big joke. And it's, it's all just a narrative that was concocted uh, to try to, um, to uh, cover up and deflect attention 
from the wrongdoing of Hillary Clinton, her campaign, and the, D- the DNC. And I believe that that wrongdoing may include uh, Seth Rich's murder. Now, Seth Rich, um, if you listen to William Benny, um, who says that it's physically impossible for the uh, the data transfer that uh, that CrowdStrike showed in their report to have been conducted over the internet, that, that it would have to have been downloaded to a thumb drive. Seth Rich had access to that information. He worked in their data department at the DNC. Right after uh, the WikiLeaks uh, released the first tranche of those uh, DNC emails, Seth Rich was murdered. There has never been a, uh, a suspect identified, and there have been no arrests. So one might have thought that Robert Mueller, if he was um, diligent in doing his job, might have taken a look at that and at least checked it off his list, but no such thing ever happened. So uh, we're, we've been treated to uh, a disinformation campaign that began with uh, John Brennan at CIA when he sent spies and operatives uh, to infiltrate the Trump campaign. And uh, James Clapper, uh, who used uh, NSA wiretaps to surveil the Trump campaign, and James Comey, who, uh, who used this research, opposition research document from... Hillary Clinton's campaign to launch a uh, an investigation that morphed into this appointment of Robert Mueller in order to cover up uh, deep state wrongdoing that I believe reaches all the way into the uh, Obama White House. And we got to remember that uh, that Clapper and Brennan have a of a history of uh, using their surveillance powers politically and then lying about it. Uh, you recall that uh, Clapper appeared um, on Chuck Todd's show right after Donald Trump announced that uh, he had information, it, it came from Devin Nunes, that, uh, that uh, the CIA and the FBI had been surveilling his campaign. He went on national TV and lied about it. Here it is. Say, if the FBI, for instance, had a FISA court order of some sort for a surveillance, would that be information you would know or not know? Yes. You would be told this. I would know that. If there was a FISA court order yes. on something like this. Um, something like this, absolutely. And at this point, you can't confirm or deny whether that exists? I can deny it. There is no FISA court order? Not, not to my knowledge. Of anything at Trump Tower? No. Well, that's an important uh, revelation at this point. So either you have to believe that uh, James Clapper was uh, totally misinformed about what was going on in the deep state, or he went on national TV... And he lied. And if you recall the frenzy that took place around Donald Trump tweeting out that his campaign had been surveilled and how everybody in the mainstream media called him a liar and an idiot. Uh, Clapper was just uh, supporting the company line. He never thought that the FISA warrants would come out and that Devin Nunes and uh, and Jim Jordan, the other uh members, Republican members of the House Intelligence Committee would get to the bottom of this and that all of this would be exposed. But uh, Clapper appeared just recently after Mueller has exonerated Trump and, uh, and, and declared that he has no regrets over his actions in this, in this whole affair at all.
In terms of, you know, things you have said on television subsequently, uh, just over, you know, uh, I don't know, however long you've been talking on, on, on television, uh, do you regret anything you have said in terms of uh, raising questions about the president's behavior or some of the things the president has done or said? No, I don't. Uh, and I have put that in writing in, uh, in my book as well. I, I, I have I've, I have concerns, and uh, uh, as do others. And I have tried to be factual and temperate and moderate about it. But uh, uh, but I do have concerns, and no, I don't have any regrets. And and, and do you still have the same concerns about? You know, the president, his relationship with Vladimir Putin, the, his tendency to side with Vladimir Putin against, uh, you know, uh, former intelligence officials or even his current intelligence officials. I, I do have concerns about the, the, the and uh, the president's unwillingness or inability or whatever to call out the Russian interference and the election. And I would just point out that one of President Obama's objectives in tasking us to do that report on, on the Russian interference was to hand it off to the next administration. So uh, the Trump administration would have that as, as a basis for taking action against Russia, which sort of hasn't happened in, in some ways. Sort of hasn't happened in some ways. This, uh, this administration has placed crippling sanctions on Russia has uh, has juiced our domestic energy production to the point where it's really crashed the uh, the energy sector dependent uh, economy in Russia, and we have armed the Ukrainians uh, and and put um, put defensive missile systems back into Poland. This administration has been tougher with Russia uh, than than the three prior administrations combined. I'm not celebrating that. I think uh, I, I was a true believer in Donald Trump's stated intention during the election to try to uh, improve relations with Russia and bring them into the family of of Western nations. But everything that James Clapper just told you there is a misrepresentation, and James Clapper has a long history of misrepresentations. He he perjured himself before Congress. He went on Chuck Todd's show and lied about the FISA surveillance of the Trump campaign, and now he still says he has no regrets. John Brennan, for his part, has been flogging this uh, this Mueller investigation, and uh, and just as recently as a few weeks ago, was on uh, crazy Lawrence O'Donnell's show on MSNBC, predicting that uh, the president was going to be frog-marched and his family uh, and all of his associates were going to be treated or uh, fitted for orange jumpsuits. Um, and this, while you're listening to this, just keep in mind that this was the guy that headed our central intelligence agencies under the Obama administration. He too was caught perjuring himself before Congress when he lied about uh, the CIA surveilling and, uh, and looking into the private correspondence of a Senate Intelligence Committee. But here he is with uh, Lawrence O'Donnell. For example, this week on Friday, not knowing anything about it, but Friday is the day that the grand jury indictments come down. And also this Friday is better than next Friday because next Friday is the 15th of March, which is the Ides of March. And I don't think Robert Mueller will want to have that dramatic uh, flair of the Ides of March when he is going to be delivering what I think are going to be his indictments, the final indictments, as well as the report that he gives to the attorney general. What makes you believe that he has more indictments? 
Um, because he hasn't addressed the issues related to criminal conspiracy as well as any individuals. Criminal conspiracy involving the Russian and Russians, yes, yeah. I think it was very... And, and in that's terms an of area... American person, you know, U.S. person. That's an area you know something about. That, that investigation was developing while you were still on the job. Well, it was in terms of looking at what was going on with the Russians and whether or not U.S. persons were actively collaborating, colluding, cooperating, and involved in a conspiracy with them or not. Uh, so Robert Bren- or um, John Brennan headed uh, this task force that was ran out of Langley that uh, coordinated and, and um, pursued this infiltration of the Trump campaign. He's not being called to account. He's just going. He is actually a paid consultant for MSNBC to go on there and spread his lies. MSNBC has, to this point, not relieved John Brennan of his uh, his post over there. He continues to be employed by them, which is a, a fusion of the uh, right wing, I mean the left wing uh, opposition media and the deep state that just is unheard of. We got to run out to a break. When we come back, I'm going to give you another clip from John Brennan, who appeared on Joe, Crazy Joe, and uh, Lunatic Mika's show this morning. Stay tuned. We'll be back right after these messages. This episode is sponsored by Schwann's.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm, good question. Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high-quality frozen foods like premium meats and sides, delicious ready-made meals, ice cream, and more. No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwans.com backslash yum for details. This episode is sponsored by schwans.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm, good question. Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high-quality frozen foods like premium meats and sides, delicious ready-made meals, ice cream, and more. No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwans.com backslash yum for details. And you're back on Right Now with Jim Dawes. Your daily journal of news, politics, and culture from an American nationalist perspective. So as we went out to the break, we played uh, John Brennan on with Lawrence O'Donnell, predicting all of these uh, indictments and, uh, and arrests related to Robert Mueller's investigation, none of which happened. And I just want to, everybody just think about for a moment that this was the guy that headed the FBI. Trump ultimately revoked his security clearance, and he certainly deserved that. But this guy ran our FBI during the Obama years. Now, if you want to know why ISIS and Al-Qaeda and all of these uh, Islamic terrorists were running wild and uh, our government just could not seem to figure out a way to bring them to heel, 
you only need to look at who was in charge of the CIA. This guy is, uh, one, he's corrupt as can be. He will uh, lie for political ends, including under oath before Congress. And on top of that, he just seems to be clueless. But after that, uh, that appearance with uh, Lawrence O'Donnell, that he pr- made these uh, just uh, thoroughly discredited predictions, he appeared this morning on uh, Crazy Joe Scarborough's show with, um, with his uh, lunatic wife, Mika Brzezinski, and said, well, you know, it's just an honest mistake. I must have had bad information when I smeared the president of the United States and his campaign. How surprised were you uh, by the findings uh, yesterday, by the conclusions that were drawn? And uh, I'm just curious, did you receive bad information throughout this process, like so many of us did, uh, that uh, there was more there than ended up in the report regarding collusion? Well, I don't know if I received bad information, but I think I suspected that there was more than there actually was. Um, and I, I am relieved that there w- it's been determined that there was not a criminal conspiracy with the Russian government um, over our election. I think that is good news for the country. And so I still point to things that were done publicly or <clears throat> efforts to try to uh, have conversations with the Russians that were inappropriate. But um, I'm not all that surprised that uh, the high bar of criminal conspiracy was not met. Um, I am surprised at that second part of the instruction of justice in terms of how it came out. I don't know whether or not Bob Mueller wanted the attorney general to um, pronounce on that issue, or whether or not Bob Mueller felt that it would be best for Congress and American people to determine whether the weight of the information uh, indicates that uh, Donald Trump uh, did try to obstruct justice. Let me just uh, interject on that point. This whole obstruction of justice issue where the media is uh, determined that they're going to move next and the House Democrats are gearing up for this, uh, the, all of these hearings and um, this new campaign of trying to smear the president with obstruction of justice. It is a, another farce that they're preparing to uh, put over on the American people. The truth of the matter is, in order to, for there to be an obstruction of justice, there has to be an underlying crime. Robert Mueller has said that he was unable after almost two years, $40 million, and an army of prosecutors and investigators, that he could find no evidence of a crime. You cannot convict somebody of obstructing justice without an underlying crime that has been charged. That was the fatal flaw of this whole charade from the get-go, as they were uh, conducting an investigation without proof or probable cause that a a crime was ever committed. So for an obstruction of justice indictment, you have to have an underlying crime, one. You have to have an ongoing criminal proceeding, and there were never even, even any charges brought forward in this matter. And the whole notion that it uh, amounted to an obstruction of justice because Donald Trump had the uh, termidity to defend himself from these cynical and dishonest attacks by the deep state and their handmaidens in the media is absurd. We got to hurry through this. I do want to touch on uh, on what effect this all had with the Democrats and uh, and their um, their mouthpieces in the media. And I'm going to start by playing you a clip. This is crazy tinfoil hat Adam Schiff 
uh, in a montage we put together on uh, on his uh, serial lies uh, to the American public. Now, this is the guy that's the head, current head of the House Intelligence Committee. In which the Russians offered help, which we know they did. The campaign accepted help, which we know they did. Uh, the Russians then delivered help, which we know they did. There is circumstantial evidence of collusion. The case is more than that, uh, and I can't go into the particulars, but there is more than circumstantial evidence now. So, You've said on more than one occasion that you've seen ample evidence of the Trump campaign's Russia collusion. Last March, you said you had more than circumstantial evidence of treasonous collusion with Russia. I certainly certainly said that there's ample evidence of collusion. Can you agree that there has been no evidence of collusion coordination or conspiracy that has been presented thus far between the Trump campaign and Russia? Uh, no, I don't agree with that at all. I think there's plenty of evidence of collusion or conspiracy. But we do know this. The Russians offered help. The campaign accepted help. The Russians gave help. And the president made full use of that help. And that is pretty damning. Um, reviewing the evidence that I have. Now, how can somebody who has been so wrong about something so obvious and motivated by such dishonest and uh, cynical reasons be allowed to chair uh, the most powerful committee in the House of Representatives looking into these matters? This guy's got to uh, step down. He needs to resign from Congress. He needs to enter a, a mental health facility. But he most certainly shouldn't be sitting as chair of the House Intelligence Committee at this point. Remember that David Nunes had to recuse himself for blowing the whistle on the fact that they had been spying on the Trump campaign. But Adam Schiff gets to go out there and tell all of these lies that were have now been disproven and continue to sit in that that chairman's chair. So one of the one of the things around all of this is we're all celebrating that uh, Trump has been exonerated and we we're expecting some sort of mea culpa or at least correction of the record uh from the from the media the mainstream media and almost to a man they have absolutely refused to apologize or to correct the record or even recognize their own mistakes. So Jeff Zucker the CEO over there at uh, CNN he, uh, he gave an interview yesterday uh, in, in which he said, we are not investigators, quote. We are journalists. Our role is to report the facts as we know of them, and we did exactly that. <laughs> so Jeff Zucker is under the uh, um, belief that reporters are not investigators. They're, they're not supposed to investigate and determine what facts are. They're just supposed to report on facts as we know them. Well, how do they know them? They know them because they're being fed disinformation from the deep state and they're accepting it uncritically and using it to, uh, to pursue a political agenda. We are not investigators. That's a mind-blowing statement from the guy that's heading up the Cape, Ted Turner's cable news network. Any news organization most certainly are investigators. That's the the job of a reporter to investigate and report. But none of them over there are taking any responsibility at CNN or MSNBC or the New York Times or the Washington Post. And I'll play you a clip. Well, first I'm going to play you a clip of um, all of the 
various statements. This is uh, about a one-minute clip. It's a montage of, uh, it's, it's sort of a meme that I pulled down off of Twitter. I think it was put together by the Washington Examiner. Of all of these media talking heads trying to convince you that the President of the United States is a traitor that was installed by uh, by the Russian government. Some sort of collusion. Trump Russian possible collusion. Trump Russian metal collusion. Trump Russia possible collusion. Trump Russian potentially collusion. Trump Russia possible collusion. Trump Russian possible collusion. Trump Russian collusion. Trump Russia collusion. Trump Russia possible collusion. Trump Russian possible collusion. Russian Russian collusion. Trump Russian possible collusion. Trump Russian collusion. Collusion with the Russians. Trump, Russia, possible collusion. 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 They're not investigators. You know, that was one of the early lies that uh, 17 different uh, intelligence agencies had confirmed that Trump had colluded with Russia to sway the election. It was never 17 agencies. And they, uh, while they were telling that lie, they knew it was dishonest. It was three agencies. It was the three agencies that uh, James Clapper tasked to uh, to write this intelligence assessment designed to present to Donald Trump to try to un, uh, to uh, cover up their uh, their wrongdoing during the campaign, it was the uh, handpicked agents at the CIA, the FBI, and the National Security Agency. Period. The other seventeen agencies were specifically excluded from the process that they are normally uh, in- included in. Because James Clapper had to maintain a lid on all of that, but that lie would have um, would have uh, been standing to this day. Had um, I think it was uh, Jim Jordan at the House Intelligence Committee asked asked Clapper specifically about these seventeen agencies, and Clapper was forced to admit that it wasn't seventeen agencies; it never was. We bypassed the normal process of making an intelligence assessment, and we just used my hand-picked representatives from the CIA and the FBI. But Rachel Maddow went on her show last night. Uh, she she steadfastly refused to apologize for the fact that uh, that she has been flogging this lie on her program for over two years now. Rudy Giuliani went on CNN with Chris Como and demanded an apology, and Chris Como steadfastly refused. When Hillary Clinton destroyed what thirty, does she, have to do with? she has a lot to do with it because of the president. She let me finish my sentence. Right, go ahead. She destroyed thirty thousand emails. She took a hammer to her cell phones. She whitewashed her service. He didn't do any of that. How can you say this is obstruction? Second, what was obstructed? The thing went forward. We finished. Well, he he had five went forward, but Comey was taken out. That's the reason Rosenstein asked for the special Good. counsel. It didn't obstruct anything. 
What did it obstruct? 500 witnesses, if you make $40 million. Obstruction doesn't have to be a complete 90, 90 agents. If you attempt to obstruct, <laughs> that's something that we want to look at. Oh, I'm not my saying God. Guilty. Now we have an attempt to obstruct a non-crime. This is like a stretching to prosecute That's a, man. You, you are defining it that way, and it's very but clever. No, what I'm saying it's not very clever. You had a justice. Pan, you had a panel. You guys, you guys yes. on this network what have, I done? have tortured this man for two years with collusion, and nobody's apologized. First of all, there, so before we talk about obstruction, there was apologize for the overreaction of collusion. Not a chance. Well, of course you're not. Not a chance. Of course I'll, you're not, I'll because you're why. not being fair. No, please. You know better than that. Or you wouldn't No, be I here. don't know better. Yeah. I am outraged by the behavior of these networks. Okay. Collusion, collusion. Collusion, 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 First collusion. All, let, no collusion. Okay, here's my, here's my no case. Collusion. Here's my case. Apologize. Never. Here's my case. Never? Never. I didn't do anything wrong. Never apologize. I didn't do anything wrong. I set us off on this witch hunt. We didn't do our due diligence. We bought hook, line, and sinker the lies that were being fed to us by the deep state because they, they um, confirmed the narrative that we wanted to believe. We've perverted the uh, political process in this country, it may be irreparably damaged the credibility of the media, which is essential to the functioning of a free democracy. But I'm not going to apologize. I'm not going to even correct the record. They trot out that little George Costanza-looking dude, Brian Stelter, um, to, to basically puppet uh, Jeff Zucker's apologies over there when I say apologies, I mean justifications. Uh, it's just a thoroughly corrupt, uh, despicable group of people. And Steve Bannon was absolutely right when he referred to them as enemies of the American people. And the president was right to pick up on that uh, characterization because that's what they've become. Have no doubt about it. Washington Post, the New York Times, MSNBC, CNN, and all of the people that uh, parrot unquestioningly their, uh, their attacks on this administration are enemies of this republic. There can be no doubt about it at this point. And the, and the fact that they're uh, unwilling to even come to terms with the damage that they've done and deny, continue to deny and dissemble and are, are apparently getting ready to move on to a new narrative of obstruction of justice when, in fact, there's nothing the president has done that could possibly rise to that level is just mind-blowing. But we certainly need to go, we need to take a, a, a page at a, the Obama administration and Hillary Clinton's um, a playbook and go on offense now that Mueller has told everybody what we already knew, that there was no collusion. We need to get to the bottom of the origins of this, this uh, hoax, why it was allowed to enter into the body politic, and start holding some people to account, beginning with James Comey and John Brennan. And we need to find out how far into the Obama White House this reached, you know, the, the really sad thing is we can no longer hold the people that uh, were surrounding Hillary Clinton and her, her violations of the Espionage Act because they were all immunized. They can't be made to, uh, to testify against Clinton any longer. They were all given immunity by Obama's Justice Department. Susan Rice, immunized. 
but um, and, and the uh, the guy that ran her server immunized. There were there were several others who, whose name escapes me right now, but they were all immunized. They were given immunity from prosecution for absolutely nothing in return. Sally Yates, Samantha Power, Hillary Clinton, all of them need to be examined now and held to account. And somebody, some some reporter, needs to ask Barack Obama, what did he know and when did he know it? Well, we are running out of time. I always get carried away on that subject because it truly is, ladies and gentlemen, the biggest political scandal in the history of this country. And, uh, and everything else pales by comparison. But as long as we're celebrating Donald Trump's exoneration, we might as well also celebrate Michael Avenatti finally getting called to account um, and, uh, and really getting the justice that he has long deserved. He, of course, you know by now, has been arrested um, in Manhattan on charges of trying to uh, conduct a shakedown of Nike. And they have him on tape saying that if uh, Nike doesn't pay his client $1.5 million and hire Avenatti and his uh, co-conspirator, uh, co-conspirator, who has at this point been identified as uh, Mark Garagos, hire them for 20 to $25 million to come in and conduct some sort of investigation of Nike that he was going to uh, hold a press conference and announce corruption within their ranks um, and, and take uh, uh, 5 to $10 billion off their market capitalization. Let me see if I can find this, uh, this clip here. So what he what he was uh, he was caught on tape saying was uh, that uh, during uh, with respect to the demands for payments of millions of dollars, if those demands are not met, I will take ten billion dollars off your client's market cap. I'm not effing around. That is basically extortion. Well, it's not basically extortion. It is a classic example of extortion. One might forgive Michael Avenatti for uh, for not understanding that because this is the same same type of shake corporate shakedowns that uh, Jesse Jackson and Al Sharpton have been practicing for decades now. Except one might think that Jesse Jackson and Al Sharpton um, had had a little bit more uh, let's say subtlety when they made these these threats. But Michael Avenatti is, uh, has been arrested, and, uh, and he is also facing charges out of California for tax evasion and bank fraud. And it looks like that the, uh, that the prediction that was made on Twitter by uh, Robert Barnes of the Barnes Law Group that uh, Michael Avenatti would be in jail while Donald Trump was still in the White House is, uh, is going to come true. But, um, of course, Avenatti is, uh, is going out and saying that, you know, this is all a frame job, that they're trying to get back at him for uh, his, uh, his outspoken opposition to Donald Trump. And I do want to play you a clip here. Um, this is Avenatti. This is a montage of him at the peak of his, his um, celebrity when, uh, when all of the 
shows on MSNBC and uh, CNN were having him on as this um, leader of the resistance and possible 2020 presidential candidate, uh, the the glorious and widely admired Mac- Michael Avenatti. Well, you know, if anyone knows a con, I guess it would be Donald Trump uh, based on the last two years, Chris. You know, look, uh, this guy has zero credibility. I've been saying for a while that we've been playing chess and they've been playing tic-tac-toe. Um, and that's been true now for the better part of six months. And it's true uh, in the last week, in the last 72 hours as well. And number two, I absolutely believe that this conduct makes Donald Trump's election in the White House illegitimate. You know, Donald Trump and others around him believe that he is above the law, that he cannot be held accountable. Well, I have a message for Donald Trump this morning. We are going to work morning, noon and night to make sure that he is held accountable. Earlier today, Michael Avenatti, a nationally known lawyer, was arrested in New York City on two separate cases. This was the Democrats media darling, the great savior, the great white hope. He was the guy that was going to sally forth and take down Donald Trump. The, the speaker of truth to power. And they were just slavishly falling all over themselves at MSNBC and uh, CNN over Michael Avenatti. I think during a, about a six-month period, he appeared on their air almost 200 times making this scurrilous charges and, uh, and baseless accusations while holding himself out as a, a porn lawyer, basically. But uh, you remember when he, attend- he uh, appeared on The View with the, uh, the crazy ladies over there, and, uh, and they were, oh, they were just falling all over him themselves. He was going to be the 2020 Democrat presidential candidate. I must ask you the $64,000 question. Are you going to run for president? You're going to Iowa, right? You're going to Iowa. I'm going to be in uh, Ohio next week in Iowa. And and here's what I'll say. A lot of people have approached me and suggested that I run for president. And here's what I know. 2020 is going to prove to be a critical election in our nation's history. Uh, There's a lot at stake in this election, perhaps more so than uh, certainly at any other point in time in the last 50 or 60 years. The Democrats, the Democrats have to nominate somebody that can actually beat Donald Trump. That is the number We're one thing. We're running out of time. Yes or no? Yes. Yes. No, here's what I'm going to say. He's here's, looking into here's, it. Here's what I'm going to say. The if Democrats you need an attorney general, let me know. Have a great day. Oh, how he was riding high back in those days. He was, uh, he was Stormy Daniels' defender and the 2020 presidential candidate for the Democrats that was going to take down the villainous Donald Trump. My, how they mighty have fallen. Avenatti used illegal and extortionate threats for the purpose of obtaining obtaining millions of dollars in payments for himself. Avenatti repeatedly pressured the company to agree to pay or risk having Avenatti hold a press conference that he claimed would dramatically drive down the stock price of the company and its market value. As Avenatti threatened in one recorded meeting, if the company did not meet his demands, the company might die 
but if not, it was, quote, going to be inflicted with cut after cut after cut after cut. As alleged, the entire scheme played out in less than a week. Avenatti first met with representatives of the company last Tuesday, March 19, in Manhattan. At that meeting, Avenatti said he represented a client who coached an amateur high school basketball team sponsored by the company, which is Nike. The team had recently lost that contract worth $72,000 a year, and Avenatti claimed the coach had information about potential misconduct by employees at Nike. The allegations of misconduct were similar in kind to those that formed the core of a prior criminal prosecution brought by our office, that payments were made to families of high school basketball players. So Avenatti's um, been, been busted. You know, he's uh, in, in uh, financial distress because his whole uh, con act has been falling apart over all of this. Uh, you know, he's been uh, uh, shown to be stealing from clients, um, stealing settlements, using them to fund his own lavish lifestyle. And I just, uh, I just want to go back uh, one more time before we move on from this topic and start talking about Jesse Smollett. This is a uh, montage of the, uh, uh, the paragons of media virtue over there at MSNBC and, and how they treated Michael Avenatti when he was on their air. Michael Avenatti's a beast. Okay, that's true. And he, he's a beast. He's a beast, and he keeps popping Donald Trump and all of his folks in the mouth repeatedly. He's a beast. And yes. so uh, John Meacham says he may be the savior of the republic. He has been brilliant at ro- slowly rolling out a lot of the things over a, a period of time to keep this at the top of the news. He really is a master of the media cycle in a way that I think Donald Trump probably respects on some level. I owe Michael Avenatti an apology. For the last couple of weeks, I've been saying, enough already, Michael. I've seen you everywhere. What do you have left to say? I was wrong, brother. You have a lot to say. The Democrats could learn something for you. You are messing with Trump a lot more than they are. It's really uh, quite amazing. Well, we're going to run out of time, but I do want to set you up for tomorrow's show. We're going to dig deep into the uh, the charges being dropped in Chicago against uh, Jesse Smollett. Uh, The prosecutor over there uh, is deeply conflicted and corrupted, and they didn't uh, they didn't admit or they didn't say that these um, violations of law didn't happen. They just said that they weren't going to prosecute him because he had already committed the previous community service that they were going to count toward that. So we're going to look at uh, uh, the connection with uh, Smollett's family. And the communists uh, there in Chicago that include Bill Ayers, Bernadine Dorn, Janet Davis, and others, and how they connect with uh, the Obama clan as well. But that's about it for today's show. If you like this, please like, comment, and share. If you're watching on YouTube, please hit that subscribe button. And I hope you'll join us back here again tomorrow for another edition of Right Now with Jim Dawes on Mojo 5.0 and iHeartRadio. This episode is sponsored by Schwann's.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm, good question. 
Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high-quality frozen foods like premium meats and sides, delicious ready-made meals, ice cream, and more. No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwans.com backslash yum for details. At Zenny, we believe everyone deserves access to high-quality, affordable eyewear. That's why we offer stylish prescription glasses for men, women, and kids starting at just $6.95. Our online factory direct model cuts out the metal men, so you save. At Zenny, you get the same quality frame and lens options that you'd get from an optician for one-tenth of the price, including blue blockers, progressives, prescription sunglasses, and more. The best part? Try on any frame, anywhere with our 3D virtual try-on. Zenny.com. Eyewear for everyone.